Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it. Recruits, attention! Gentlemen, I'm Agent Carter. I supervise all operations for this division. Must be the accent, Queen Victoria. Thought I was signing up for the U.S. Army. What's your name, soldier? Gilmore Hodge, Your Majesty. Step forward, Hodge. Put your right foot forward. Hmm, you get a rasa? Because I got a few moves I know you'll like. Agent Carter. Colonel Phillips. I can see that you are breaking in the candidates. That's good. Get your ass up out of that dirt and stand in that line of attention until somebody comes tells you what to do. Yes, sir. General Patton has said that wars are fought with weapons, but they are won by men. We are going to win this war because we have the best men. And because they are going to get better. Much better. The Strategic Scientific Reserve is an allied effort made up of the best minds in the free world. Our goal is to create the best army in history. But every army starts with one man. Rogers, get off of that! At the end of this week, we will choose that man. Let's go! He will be the first in a new breed of super soldiers. They will personally escort Adolf Hitler to the gates of hell. Come to pace, ladies! Let's go, let's go! Double time! Come on, faster, faster! Move! Move! Squad, pull! That flag means we're only at the halfway point. First man to bring it to me gets a ride back with Agent Carter. Come on. My grandmother has more life than her, God rest her soul. Move it! You're not really thinking about picking Rogers, are you? I wasn't just thinking about it. It's a clear choice. When you brought a 90-pound asthmatic onto my army base, I let it slide. I thought, what the hell, maybe it'd be useful to you, like a gerbil. Never thought you'd pick him. Up! Jumping Stick down. a needle in that kid's arm, it's gonna go right through him. Come on, girls. Look at that. He's making me cry. 
I am looking for qualities beyond the physical. Do you know how long it took to set up this project? Yeah, All the groveling I had to do in front of Senator What's-His-Name's committees? Yes, I know. I am well aware of your efforts. Then throw me a bone. Hodge passed every test we gave him. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders, he's a soldier. He's a bully. You don't win wars with niceness, doctor. You win wars with guts. Get away! Get back! The dummy grenade. All clear. Back in formation. Is this a test? He's still skinny. First order of business, can we show a little bit of love for our production team? Because that was great. Before we talk about the movie clip, I just also want to say welcome to all of you that are here, whether you are here for the very first time, whether you are uh, somebody who identifies as a Christian or you are just kind of here checking things out. Maybe this is the first time that you've been back in a hot minute. Maybe you're tuning in on the live stream or you're watching with Revive Iowa City. Regardless of who you are, I just again want to extend the welcome to you, let you know that we really don't think it's any accident you're here. We say that a lot at the beginning of worship service. Um, in fact, usually at the beginning of every worship service, but I truly see, a, when I look at a room full of young adults on a Thursday night and know all of the different places that you could be, I'm like, man, it really is no accident that you decided to be here tonight. And so I just wanna say thank you so much for investing in your relationship with God here in this community. This is just a good place to be. And if you're wondering if you belong or if there's a spot for you here, the answer is yes. And if you don't know where that is, just come and talk to any one of us with the lanyard on and we would love to help you figure out where your spot is. So I uh, want you to know that you are welcome and we're so glad that you're here. So tonight we're opening with one of my favorite movies. I, if you've been around uh, Revive for a while, you know I love Marvel comic book movies. The storylines are phenomenal. The plot, the character arc and development are uh, written honestly by geniuses. And uh, so here we get to see part of the origin story of Steve Rogers who becomes Captain America. And here, before he's been injected with the super soldier serum, he's kind of itty bitty, you know? He's small and he wants to be a soldier. Steve has tried to enlist and get into the military several times and has been turned down because he's got asthma, because he's small. And his best friend, Bucky Barnes, has been able to go off um, and become a soldier. And it just kind of rubs it um, in a little bit further for Steve that he's not able to go and his best friend is. And so here he finally gets to join a specific company of the military and they're sorting out these different recruits to see who gets to be a part of this brand new kind of soldier. The, the one who kind of like wins or whatever gets to be injected with this super soldier serum and become this superhero sort of soldier. And Captain America uh, is Steve Rogers. Um, as most of you know, if you've, yeah, spoiler alert, if you've been on social media or been anywhere for the last like 12 years, you know? Um, and so it's funny in this clip, what the, the uh, major general or whatever is like, you're not really picking Rogers, are you? Like he looks at him and he's like, who is this guy? 
And by contrast, there's another individual who we also got to meet in the clip. His name is Gilmore Hodge. Everybody say, Gilmore Hodge. Gilmore Hodge. Man, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, not real kind about women. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he, he doesn't make a friend in me. Um, it doesn't anytime that I watch this clip. I'm like, man, go. Uh, Captain Carter, she's phenomenal. But uh, so the, the general guy is like, well, Hodge passed every test. He's big, he's fast, he obeys orders. He's the clear winner. Like, obviously he's the one who should become Captain America. And the doctor scientist is like, no, he's a bully. And so we see these two men held up here side by side as a contrast to one another. One of them represents kind of an old way of thinking, an old guard, some tradition in what you might look for in a soldier or a super soldier, somebody you want to send off to defend your country. But we see something different in Steve, don't we? We see something different in the way that he thinks, like with the flagpole thing. We see a different kind of endurance and fortitude in the way that he overcomes obstacles, even when people try to like knock over the thing that he's army crawling underneath. He's got a different kind of thinking. He's got creativity. He's got heart, and he also is willing to lay his life on the line for his fellow comrades, as you get to see in the last part of that clip. There's something that's different about Steve. He's refreshingly different. He's got a different kind of head and heart on his shoulders, and he's definitely not a bully. Steve is the arrival of something different, of something new. And that's one of the themes that we're talking about all month long, um, well, all season long here at Revive as we enter into a new season. And put a pin in Steve. We're gonna come back to him in a little bit, but we're gonna pivot to um, Steve represents something new that's happening, something different that's happening, a new way of approaching life and a new lens at which to look at life through. So we're in this season called Lent. Everybody say Lent. Now, Lent is not the thing that you like pull out of your pocket. That's Lent, very, very similar. Um, I don't know the etymology of the word Lent, but I can tell you it's probably different than Lent. So Lent is a word, it's not necessarily found in the Bible. It's a kind of a combination of an old English word and a Latin word, one of them meaning 40th and one of them meaning springtime. And so Lent is this 40-day journey that leads up to Easter um, all the way through Holy Week, which is that week leading up to Easter in that week between Palm Sunday and then Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, where we remember, excuse me, um, on Sunday, Palm Sunday, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a donkey. Everyone was really excited and waved palm branches, thinking here was the Messiah that was gonna save them from the Romans. And then just a few short days later, on Maundy Thursday, Jesus is sharing a meal with his disciples. He's betrayed by Judas. He is arrested. He is unfairly tried. And he is sentenced a torturous death on a cross. And then uh, on Good Friday, Jesus dies. God dies. And then on Saturday, um, Holy Saturday, Jesus is in the grave. God is in a grave, which is wild to think about. And we'll talk more about that as Holy Week approaches. And then on Easter Sunday, Jesus defeats death. And Jesus rises again and defeats death for all people, for you and for me. And so in this journey um, of, through this season that's often springtimey, it really felt springy this week. And I don't know about you, but my soul needed that this week when it was super warm. Man, that was, that was phenomenal. Lent is this journey to the cross and this journey to Easter. And it's this time where the 40-day thing is not mandated by scripture, but we see 
all throughout scripture, God's word, the number 40 pops up all the time and it's in reference to a period of trials, of endurance, of testing. It's a time where people often find themselves in the desert, but it's also a time of renewal where God's renewal comes to people who are in desert times who don't expect to find God and do. It's also a time of wandering with the Israelite Um, the Hebrew people that wandered in the desert for 40 years before getting into the promised land. It's a time of refreshment. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of making room for Jesus. So a lot of people will give something up for the season of Lent uh, because fasting is known as a spiritual practice uh, throughout the generations and centuries of, of Jesus followers and church people to just clear a little bit of space in our lives to focus on this relationship with God and to say like, man, I really got a lot going on. How can I be refreshed by the presence of Jesus in my life? So that's what Lent is. And so maybe some of you have decided you wanna give something up or maybe some of you have decided you want to add something in, but Lent is about this kind of clearing out, this clearing house that makes room for something new. So if we take it down a notch from talking about the spiritual clearing house and making something new, I wonder for you if you've done any spring cleaning or what if you were to do some spring cleaning, if you just kind of want some like fresh mojo in your life, you're feeling stuck, you're in a rut, like maybe what you do to kind of feel renewed and refreshed. These are some of the things that I do or people that I um, talked with around Revive today. How many of you just clean out your car when you need a little bit of, none of you clean up. Okay, okay, I knew there had to be some people. Some of you clean out your car when you need to feel refreshed. Man, when I get that like dashboard dusted off, I am a whole new woman. (laughs) That's just the best feeling ever. So cleaning out cars, a big one for me. Uh, Maybe going through on Instagram or whatever other social media accounts you're on a lot and just unfollow kind of some people that maybe you don't see anymore that you're like, I don't even remember why I followed them, whatever. Sometimes that can kind of bring some fresh winds into your life. Maybe some of you clean up the contacts in your phone or delete photos on your phone or wherever you store your photos. Maybe some of you rearrange, how many of you rearrange your space or like reorganize or declutter? A lot of you do. I know that is a a good mark for me when I'm stressed. I will be like deep cleaning some weird corner in the kitchen instead of like doing homework or the other thing I'm supposed to be doing. But I just feel so much better after that weird corner that's doing just fine being dirty. But once that is clean, whoo, it's like I could do anything. I could conquer anybody. Well, I don't want to conquer anybody. That's weird. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> but like, I just like, I just, I just feel fresh and I feel like I've got a blank slate and I, I didn't mean that to be weird. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. I just, just got some fresh, right? And I don't know about you, but I could really use some fresh lately. Yesterday was Ash Wednesday, which is the official beginning to Lent. And a lot of people go to church to get the, the cross um, in ash marked on our foreheads. And it really struck me yesterday as I was getting ready to come here to Hope for our noon service. What a time to be alive. <laughs> here we are two years in to a global pandemic, it's March, 2022. Um, Thankfully, numbers have been drastically declining and things look uh, really, really different now than they did two years ago or a year ago or even even two months ago. But then uh, last Thursday, a week ago today, I woke up to the news that Russia had invaded Ukraine or rather that Putin had invaded Ukraine and that the world had suddenly changed and I suddenly felt unsettled and I was like, man, I really need to get myself to church because this is a service where when we get to mark the sign of the cross on our foreheads, what is said to us is, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return. 
that life is fragile, that we are humble. Sometimes we really think like, uh, what's his face? I already forgot his name. The like bully soldier or whatever. Sometimes we think we're all that in a bag of Skittles or whatever, right? But like, man, I am from dust and to dust I will return. And that is true for every single human that has ever and will ever exist. And to, to have that fragility not only be a reminder on Ash Wednesday as we begin this journey to Lent, but also that fragility be a reminder when we look at the news and we see the fragility and the, and the humble nature of life and also how heavy it's felt. I really feel like I need a bit of a spring cleaning just even in my own life. Need some new mojo. So that reminds me, uh, I, funnily enough, I kind of feel like I'm hopscotching a little bit over uh, all over the place, but it, it tracks, uh, as you'll see by the end. It reminds me of John the Baptist, <laughs> who is a, a figure in scripture that we meet, who's actually Jesus' cousin. So Jesus has a cousin. His name is John. He's known as John the Baptizer. And we actually meet John before he's born. If you're familiar with the Christmas story, when Mary finds out that she is pregnant with the Messiah, she's not married. Uh, there's that whole like kerfuffle around that situation. Like uh, she's not married to Joseph. She's a virgin. Like what even is that about? So she actually just kind of gets out of town for a little bit and goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Elizabeth hasn't been able to have children and is very, very old, but but through a different situation that's kind of simultaneously happening here with Mary's uh, relative, Elizabeth and Zachariah are actually now pregnant with John. And when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth greets Mary, Elizabeth says, Mary, it's so good to see you. And also this baby in my womb has leapt at knowing that the mother of the Messiah is here. So John and Jesus have this like in utero relationship. And when we meet John, John is leaping. We can already tell that there's something different about John. Well, as if, there's not, if, as if that's not enough to tell you there's something different about John. When we meet John again, he's a little bit older. And this is the vibe of John. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair. I don't see that coming back in 2022. I don't know about you. I'm loving that like flares are back. I feel like I'm in middle school again. That's fun. But coarse camel hair, don't know about that. John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Anybody taking that up in Lent? That sounds fun and exciting. <laughs> Uh, and so we meet John. He's just an interesting character. You can just kind of tell by this couple of sentences that he's got an interesting vibe. And I have to tell you, when I think about John the Baptist and I kind of like reread this, it reminds me of somebody uh, that used to be a part of this community here at Revive. Uh, his name was Robert and I'm probably gonna cry when I talk about him, but uh, Robert was just different. He used to walk into Revive. When he first came into Revive, he was the sort of guy that would walk in the room and everyone would kind of be like, what? What is happening? He looked like Tom Hardy. And yes, right? <laughs> I know you would appreciate this. Like literally looks like Tom Hardy. Used to be a competitive weightlifter. So he's just, he's ginormous. Uh, a sick fade with a man bun on top and kind of a mosaic beard. Like I don't mean an art mosaic. I mean like of Moses. Like a Moses, like orthodox, like beard, just big. And so like here comes Robert one day. He's got his like tight white t-shirt on. He's just jacked, man bun, mosaic beard. And he has a cane. And I was like, who is this guy who walks into Revive? And I don't know who you are, but I, I am curious, right? Man, when I think about John the Baptist with uh, his, just his interesting vibe, I think about Robert. 
One of the other things that makes me think about Robert is that you knew that Robert walked with Jesus. You could just kind of look at him and know that he, that he walked with Jesus. He had this, I see a lot of you nodding. Uh, he just had this vibe that came off of him and he loved to tell you about Jesus. He loved to tell you about how Jesus changed his life. He loved to tell you about the way that he used to be different and then Jesus entered his life and he was changed from the inside out. And he loved to pray over people. He loved to pray over people. He loved to prophesy over people. Uh, and he was just really special. Um, he died really suddenly in summer of 2020. Uh, and it was not something I saw coming. He was a good pal. And he was on our prayer team. And I love to have Robert pray for me. And this is why I haven't talked about it for two years. Um, but he was really special. And he was really phenomenal. And he wasn't perfect. And he'd be the first one to tell you. And if he was still here, he'd be causing trouble. But also, <laughs> and if you knew Robert, you know he'd be causing trouble. But Robert would be thrilled to be here at Revive these days and to see the things that God is doing. And it would just be uh, a really special thing to have him here. And I know that like, if, if people can see earth and pay attention to earth from heaven, that he is just wildly excited about the things that God is doing here. <sighs> okay, made it, uh, every time I like, went through these notes, I would just boohoo ball. Um, when I think about John, I think about Robert. And when I think about Robert, I think about John. Just different special, carries a presence and a weight with them of, of announcing the coming of Jesus, of announcing the movement of the Holy Spirit. So maybe you know Robert and you can be thinking about him. If you don't know Robert, I certainly hope you've kind of caught a vibe. <laughs> um, I don't even have a picture, I, but I do have an Instagram highlight story from Revive. He's not in it, but you can hear his voice in it. And sometimes I just go, <laughs> I just go back and I watch it because he chuckles in it. Um, and he's got the best laugh uh, and just really love to stir up trouble, man. Just really love to stir up trouble. <laughs> uh, and so I think about John, I think about Robert, and I think about Robert, and I think about John to announce that something new is coming that there's a different way of God's existing with us is coming. And Robert was a leader in praying into that. And John is a leader in announcing that. Just like how Steve was different and somebody saw it and was ready to, to say, hey, there's something new that's happening here. John said, hey, pay attention, people. There's something happening here. And then John got really spicy. Uh, <laughs> So John is known as the baptizer. He was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple, change your life. God's kingdom is here. It's among you. Get ready for it. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, he's a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And that is uh, kind of the message of Lent. Prepare a way for the Lord's coming. Maybe even in the wilderness of your life. Clear the road for him. He's on his way. Get ready. Buckle up. And so when we clean and reorganize our lives around us as we get ready for like spring or whatever, I also encourage you this Lent to think about what is a spiritual cleaning? If John is announcing to you and to me today, prepare the way. The kingdom is coming. The king is on his way. Jesus is coming. There's a couple different options that I would suggest to you, but honestly, whatever feels right to you. And if you don't wanna do this, you don't have to. There's nothing that's like, Something bad's gonna happen to you if you don't like give something up for Lent. Like this is just stuff that is helpful. So if you're interested in a spiritual cleaning or a reorganizing, if John's words feel like they resonate with you, I invite you to consider doing the Revive Prayer Pals thing that you heard in announcements. Um, you'll be partnered with somebody else from Revive 
and you'll know that somebody is praying for you and you'll exchange prayer requests and you tell me when you register, do I want to do like every day or do I want to do once a week? Because if I partner a once a day person with like a once a week person, that's not really gonna go very well. So will you tell me what you want me to know when you register? Uh, There's some good questions that will guide you through that. And it has been really phenomenal. We kind of started it like maybe no one will sign up, but we'll at least try. And every time we've done it, it's grown and been really, really phenomenal. So maybe prayer pals is a thing for you. Maybe a daily pause or some of my, one of my favorite prayer apps is called Lectio 365. Um, or I have a journal that's called, um, incidentally, coincidentally enough, Kairos. Kairos is our college ministry here at Hope, um, not affiliated. Kairos just means um, at, at, an, at just the right time, at an appointed time, God shows up. So maybe you want to do something like that with a prayer app or journaling or a prayer journal. Maybe you want to do a Bible app reading plan or a Bible reading plan with the Bible project. Maybe you want to do some creative calendaring. One of my mentors is um, blocking off one to two hours every day during Lent for her to just kind of sit and be with God. And she's, she's like a boss and she's at the top of her organization so she can create two hours in her life. Um, I don't know if many of you are in that situation, but that's one of the things that she's doing. And I want you to consider what you could do. Because here's the next thing that John said when he got really spicy. He talked to people who kind of, who did these things, but did it because they were supposed to and because it was the right thing to do and not because they were trying to experience God's presence in their life. Now, I'm risking death by PowerPoint, but I really just wanted to put all of, all of this quote up here. So John says, um, when he realizes that a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees, which pause, those are two differing religious groups who are kind of in power in that point in time. And I don't know about, like, can we imagine two like religious or political groups who kind of fight a lot and who like try to like elbow for political power these days? Uh, maybe not, like maybe that's only in the past. Uh, when John realized that there were a lot of Pharisees and Sadducees showing up for a baptismal experience, because that's what John would do, he would baptize, because it was becoming the popular thing to do, he exploded. <laughs> Didn't hold any punches. Brood of snakes. What do you think you're doing? Slithering down here. This is the message translation, in case you hadn't picked up on that. What do you think you're doing? Slithering down here to the river. Do you think a little water on your snake skins is gonna make any difference? It's your life that must change, not your skin. And don't think you can pull rank by claiming Abraham as father. Being a descendant of Abraham is neither here nor there. Descendants of Abraham are a dime a dozen. What counts is your life. Is it green and flourishing? Because if it's dead wood, it goes on the fire. I feel like I need a fire extinguisher for those burns. So, <laughs> so I wanna just highlight a couple things from John for you. John says here in the middle, it's your life that must change, not your skin. It's not just this outward appearance of what's his face, the soldier, who like he passes all the tests and he's a good soldier and he obeys orders and he does all the right things. But you can tell that there's some work that needs to happen on the inside. It's your life that must change, not your skin. What counts is your life. Is it green and is it flourishing? John is calling out in these religious leaders, and also, let's be honest, in you and me, this Lent, he's calling out religiosity, just doing the things because they're the things, assumptions, rigidity, spiritual arrogance, judgmentalism, pride, 
thinking you're an automatic in, like these individuals were like, I'm in the genealogy of Abraham, of the father of our nation, the father of our people, the one that God chose as kind of like the patriarch of this family who we are the descendants of, that if you remember the story of Abraham, Abraham and Sarah couldn't have kids. And God said, you are going to have as many descendants as there are stars in the sky. And that was a struggle for Abraham and Sarah who didn't have kids. Then because of a miracle, they ended up having kids. Um, but just because of your genealogy, John is saying, it doesn't, it doesn't make you a shoe in Just because of who you are doesn't mean that you're in with God. Not just be, because of your behavior, you're in with God. It's not just like what you don't do. All your traditions are not the thing that that bring transformation. One of uh, my favorite of our core values here at Hope, we have five core values, and one of them is we worship God, not tradition. And that really is something that we try to hold to as a guiding light, as a north star for us. Because we realize that as soon as we start um, worshiping tradition or doing things because it is tradition, even John the Baptist would have some spicy things to say about that. So, but John didn't just leave it there. John brought some really good news. And sometimes in church, this is announced as like, y'all better shape up because if you don't, or else. I invite you to take that lens and just kind of put it aside and see how what John says next can be good news, can be refreshing for our weary souls, can call out some things that need to be called out and then bring us a word of hope. John then says this, I'm baptizing you here in this river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. But then the real action comes next. The main character in this drama, who compared to him, I'm just a mere stagehand, this main character, character will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit of God within you, changing you from the inside out. He's gonna clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives, He'll place everything true in its proper place before God and everything false that doesn't need to be there, that's holding us back, that's not true to you, it's not true to God's kingdom life for you, he'll put on the trash to be burned. This is transformation. This is God igniting something new in us, like the new thing that Steve kind of brought with him. And I just, again, these are the exact same words, but I just want to bring them to the forefront for you. Jesus will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. Doesn't this sound refreshing? Man, I need this. Man, I desire this, this spring, this Lent, this season. We have a really weary world. One of my favorite podcasters that I try to listen to regularly because they've just got really good stuff said the other day. And I trust them because um, not only are they a social worker, but really in tune with the things that are happening on a global scale. This podcaster said, no one is okay right now. And I was like, oh, thank God. I know I'm not okay right now. That means I'm not the only one. And so if you don't feel like you're okay right now, I want you to know, one, you're not alone. Two, you're in really good company because uh, we don't have any need to fake that around here. But if you are weary, Jesus can and will refresh you. 
Jesus will ignite the kingdom life within you, a fire within you, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. And that's not hope. That's not something that, that we do because we've got any special sauce here. It's not something that we just do here at Revive because we've got the, the silver bullet or whatever. Although worship is really killer and our prayer team is really killer and our teams around here are really killer. Those teams are awesome. And I love our teams around here with every fiber of my being. And if you want a place to belong, come talk, come talk to me because I'd love to find a place for you. But we're here because it's Jesus. We're here because it's Jesus infusing us with the life that we so desperately need. And if that's something that you want, you're in the right place. And I invite you to consider, am I open to that this season? Is that something I want? And if that's something you want, there's nothing you got to do. Just come ready. Just bring your authentic self to God and say, God, I, I'm ready. And the thing is, and maybe this is a weird thing to, to just jump to, but transformation happens. Like, like this is a transformation, like a spiritual beef up, if you will. That like, like a glow up, thank you, that was probably better. Um, that, that the promise of God is renewal, the promise of God is transformation, and all we need to do is just bring ourselves and John is announcing this in this text. So as just a couple suggestions, um, when we talk about Revive Prayer Pals, why we suggest those to you is because it gets you in community. It lets you know you're not alone because you know that you're talking to somebody and you know that somebody's praying for you and it gets you into prayer. It helps you grow and maybe like, even if you're new to prayer and you're like, I don't really know, like I talk to God in my head maybe, but I don't know how to like do anything else after that. This helps. And we have all quote unquote skill levels with prayer. Um, so if you, wanna, if you wanna get into community, into prayer, Prayer Pals is a really good way to do that. Maybe your spiritual cleaning and reorganizing this Lent is the daily pause or a prayer app or a prayer journal or something like that because that gets you into worship. And worship isn't just singing. We're gonna talk about that in one of the weeks in this series. It's about communion and connection with God. And maybe you get um, into the Bible this Lent and you grow in biblical fluency. Man, I gotta tell you, there is a lot flying around about the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and it is proof texted or it is misconstrued. Uh, and it is, we need people who are not just biblically literate, but who are biblically fluent. Who can say, yeah, that sounds like it might be of God, but I actually have met God and I know him. And that sounds a lot more like tradition or judgment. And I know the God of love because you're biblically fluent. And you can point to places in God's word where it says that. Or maybe you get creative with your calendaring, not just because that's nice for Lent, but because that helps us really sort our priorities really get into some different rhythms for ourselves this Lent because we have a weary world and Jesus brings us hope. Jesus brings us hope. This phrase came to me a couple weeks ago and I haven't really figured out what I'm gonna do with it yet, but I'm gonna just pitch it to you tonight because it has been really helpful for me. If this is helpful for you this Lent, if this becomes a prayer for you this Lent, let God infuse new life in you through asking God, God, let hope arise and revive me. And yeah, there's some fun hope when revive word puns in there, right? But those words are chosen intentionally because we need hope and we need revival and we need God's hope and life and newness to come and infuse us. 
The, the thing that we are calling this whole series, you can kind of see in the bottom corner, is Relentless Hope. And yeah, Lent is in there because I'm punny. Um, but because, man, I need a hope that is relentless in its pursuit of me. I need a God right now who will relentlessly pursue me with God's hope, not a manufactured hope, not a plastic hope, not just the hope that is easy, but a hope that carries us through dark days because of who Jesus is, because Jesus is our hope. Jesus gives us relentless hope in a world of unrelenting noise, and Jesus gives himself to us. So uh, we have another clip that we're gonna watch from Captain America, and then we're gonna celebrate communion together, and I just wanna tell you a couple things about this clip. So Captain Steve Rogers has now taken, he's been injected with the super soldier serum, and he looks quite different now, and he's got the Captain America suit on, and he's a couple movies in, um, and he's now in modern day, not in like 1940, whatever. And so what the clip you're about to see is from Captain America and the Winter Soldier, which is one of the best standalone Marvel movies that they have ever made. It's phenomenal. Uh, so if you aren't into Marvel, and you just want a movie recommendation, that's it, I digress. So the, the clip that you're about to see is um, Bucky Barnes, Captain America's best friend. Um, Captain America thought he died. He didn't die, because no one ever dies in Marvel. Um, and, and Bucky is actually, yeah, yes. Um, Bucky is actually an assassin who's been brainwashed and he's on a mission to kill Captain America. This is part of the juicy story writing. And there's a couple things that are really violent in here. Um, and so if that's too much for you, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up. Um, but Steve is fighting with this person that he loves deeply that is trying to kill him. And often the Steve Rogers character, the Captain America character is is interestingly similar to the person of Jesus Christ in portrayal um, of, of this, the plot and the storyline of these movies. And so as we watch this clip um, and you think about refreshment, renewal, a relentless pursuit of hope, kind of who Steve is and the new approach that Steve brings, as you think about all of these different things, I invite you to pay attention specifically to what Steve says and imagine that this is God saying it to you. Take a look. I'm with you to the end of the line. Don't 
Steve's selfless love, this new way of doing things, this new way of giving up self for the good of another leads to a crack in Bucky's heart. And it ultimately leads to some incredible transformation in Bucky's life. And that same thing is true for you and for me when we encounter the love of God. And uh, we're gonna do communion tonight, but we're gonna do it a little bit differently because I wanted to do something a little bit more communally. And we're gonna celebrate at communion servers. You can go get ready if you want. Um, We're gonna celebrate in a way that gets a little bit closer to how maybe the disciples would have experienced this Passover meal with Jesus. So um, in that holy week that we had talked about, um, Palm Sunday has happened. Now we're at this Thursday. Jesus is celebrating the Passover meal with his disciples, fully knowing that one of his best friends is about to betray him um, and hand him over so that he can be tried unfairly and unjustly, that he'll be crucified, a torturous um, death. He will die. He still celebrates this meal with his disciples and says, here's a piece of me for you. This is my body. This is my body broken for you. Take and eat. This is my blood that is shed for you. Take and drink. And every time you do this, remember me. This is a new covenant that I am making for you and for all people for the forgiveness of all sins, all the things that break our hope, (laughs) that keep us from hoping, all of the things that keep us from one another and keep us from God. God brings relentless love and relentless hope and relentless peace to us and to the world. And so we're going to celebrate a little bit more communally tonight, um, a couple instructions, and then we're going to stand and say the Lord's Prayer. We're actually going to do communion in the back tonight. And um, if you want to, logistically speaking, kind of go to the back via the center aisle, we're going to get Um, some big circles going, one big circle at a time. And so we've got some ushers who will kind of guide you. So you'll get in the center aisle and they'll get one big circle going. Maybe we've got 25, 30 people in the circle. And the communion servers will just come around the circle and give you the elements. Um, We just have the little packets. Wait and we'll take them all together. I'll come back and we'll do this together as as kind of a small group of a community. And then uh, when I tell you, you can return to your seats and then the next, using these side aisles and then the next crew people, um, you can just come on back. So if you want to wait in the aisle or if you want to wait in your seat, whatever you want, we'll be singing um, while we wait and while we take communion together. I invite you to consider this gift of selfless love, this relentless hope that Jesus brings to us that even on the darkest days of the world, Jesus still gave of himself and he gave himself for you and he gave himself for me. And that's really, really good news. So I invite you to stand and let's say the Lord's Prayer together, our kind of table grace, and then we'll um, line up here in the center, center aisle and come on back. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus is the, Jesus is the host of this meal and invites anybody who wants more of Jesus in their life to come and uh, to partake in this meal. So with that, I invite you to stand um, and we can worship. Also, if you do need gluten-free options, we'll have a second person serving communion in the back um, with the gluten-free options so you can just let them know. Um, And I think that's all I have to say. Uh, You can come on back as you feel led.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.